You're with SBS Radio. My guests are Shanice Fleming and Sarah Noz, two teacher training students who have been selected to take part in an international symposium on Indigenous-led teaching training in Canada. Welcome to NITV Radio, Shanice and Sarah. Thank you. Before we go into this conversation, you're on our program for the very first time. I'll first ask you to say a few words about uh, yourselves, starting with you, Sarah. My name is Sarah Nowers. I live in Port Hedland. I'm a family liaison officer for the Pilbara Education Partnership. And my uh, mob is Yaru from Broome. So that's me. I'm Shanice Fleming. I live on Yaru country, but I am a Nyiganan Wangmajari Nyama woman from Pilbara and up here in the Kindleys, and I work as an Aboriginal Islander Education Officer at Cable Beach Primary School. Now, before you were selected to take part in uh, this, uh, to go to Canada to this symposium, uh, we must first say that you are already uh, being trained in a very specific program, which is uh, the Curtin On Country Student Teacher program. Uh, tell us about uh, this program and its specificity before we go into your journey, the exciting trip you're going on to. So we started in the on-country teaching program in 2020. Uh, we were selected by our principals and we had to go through a process to get into the um, program. Um, there was 33 of us to begin with uh, and we're all, we were all Aboriginal um, Um, Aboriginal Islander education officers at the time. So um, it was a great experience for us all and it's all been a very big journey too. And uh, we're very lucky to have this experience. And what it offers us is the chance to learn um, on our own country as well. So we get a lot of support from Perth, but we also are supported by the people around us and and the other um, students too. So We have mentors and um, student services and we get a lot of opportunities to go to Perth and go to other places on country as well, like Broome. We travel to Broome together as well. So lots of opportunities to really explore Indigenous learning in our um, own areas, which has been great. And the program is intended to increase the number of uh, Indigenous teachers in remote communities and uh, it will provide a culturally safe teaching environment as well. It's not just uh, about uh, training teachers, it's training them for a specific reason, increasing the numbers in remote communities. Well, all of us in the program, that's one of our main reasons why we wanted to, you know, become teachers and pursue our teaching careers. There's not much Indigenous teachers in Australia at all. So, you know, it's just that small step to help close that gap in education, you know, with um, getting some more Indigenous teachers. And we know firsthand these students and it just helps build that barrier between education and these students. Um, And I suppose with working as an Aboriginal Island education officer at a school, it really helps us with our studies as well. We know what goes on in the classroom. We experience it. So it just makes it that little bit easier for us to pursue our um, degree, helps us through, uh, get through it. And you said that one of the reasons you embrace teaching, it's also to inspire younger generations because they need to see someone from their community in the role to believe that they can also make it. 
like Shanice said, you don't often see somebody who looks like you and talks like you and represents who you are in the classroom as well. And I think it's so important for children in our own communities to see people who they've grown up with and respect also leading the way and teaching them in the classroom too. And I enjoy the fact that people see me doing this. Now they're asking me as well, how did you get here? What is the support that you're receiving? And I'm able to say, this is what I've been doing. It's so beneficial. And, you know, hopefully it grows from there. And it's not just about teaching. You also mentioned that uh, there's also looking after the health of the little ones and uh, looking at their learning journey in a more holistic approach. That's something I do in my own workspace, the Family Liaison Officer. We're looking more at the zero to three-year-old space, really trying to connect families with uh, schools and with the health system as well so that we're all interconnected because that, I feel, is a major step that's missing, that um, interconnectedness between the health and the school system and communities. We need to be working together more. Having said that, now the trip itself uh, and what you'll be taking there and what you get from there. Well, I think Sarah and I fly down to Perth on Friday and we'll catch, then we all will meet up in Perth and then we'll fly over to Brisbane, leave to Vancouver on Monday. So that's going to be a long flight itself. So first, all of us first time overseas, just just a bit nervous. Terrified, yeah, so. terrified. Be prepared. Take yeah. really warm clothes. And uh, I think yeah. the symposium in itself will really enjoy it. Yeah. Besides the cold we're both little, We're both little Pilbara girls, so I'm sure <laughs> we'll be rugged right up. <laughs> Coming we'll from the warm like- weather, going to freezing conditions yeah your bodies will take a big hit but it's a symposium of first nations people from australia new zealand canada and us it's a really a yeah. massive um event yeah, yeah there's many... 30 programs all yeah. together i'm so and... excited to see what's been happening around the world and and to see if it kind of reflects what we've been doing here in our own program as well to see if maybe we're leading the way that would be amazing <laughs> will you be Definitely. making any presentations yourself there you'll be speaking and uh, presenting anything there or the first day we have a 15 minute time slot to do a presentation on our program hoping to tie that in with one of the themes that they have throughout the three days so i think the first day seems like we'll be getting to know how each program runs having discussions about it and then the second day is more getting straight into the hard bits, you know, finding the strategies, um, finding new ways to improve the program and hoping to, you know, get others to hear from, um, yeah. Yeah, like developing some more outlines and outcomes for us to reach, yeah. And I think it's also um, a great opportunity to collaborate and and create more connections um, with people outside of our own country. That's something... Now, can you tell us respectively what are the specific conditions that you see in your own area that are different from uh, other areas respectively? I think in my town there's a lot of um, poverty, there's a lot of domestic violence, suicide, there's a lot of um, big issues in, in small communities that really need addressing and I think that does start with education. Um, especially family education and children's education. So um, those are the the kind of issues we see here. Also, there's not 
many options for schooling around here as well. And a lot of kids have to leave town to go to boarding schools when they want to go to high school. So there's quite, there's a lot of restrictions on education in, in my community, for sure. But there is also a lot of great opportunities in the Pilbara as well for families to get connected with too. So that as as much as there's the hard stuff, there's a lot of great things going on too. Yeah. yeah, to close that gap. Great opportunities. I'd have to agree with Sarah. Broome is quite similar in um, the education aspects where families, they're just, just getting students to school or finding interest, like student interest, because that's where they seem to um, clash. We at my school, we've, um, we're starting to try to get parents' advice on ways that we can get them into school and I suppose some of the big things are, just like Sarah mentioned, is, you know, the domestic violence, drug and alcohol use might be for one, small community. Just with up here, we've got crime rates with the young, you know, our youth, that's just skyrocketing and seems like it's only just getting worse. So that's just a big issue as well. You know, it's huge. Just trying to get students engaged, I guess, just so that they feel like they have something that they can look forward to for themselves but even if you look at our program in general with the 33 participants that started off and the kind of hardships and deals and trials they've had to go through in the last two and a half years of their learning as Mm. well it really opens up the perspective of how difficult it is for Indigenous people to get educated and, and to you know just because their lifestyles are so difficult you, you mentioned mental health and uh, other issues and domestic violence. And I guess the school would be, uh, and as a teacher, you'd be very, actually, you'd have like your mind always open to actually be maybe able to identify issues that are not related to education, but uh, related to a kid's background, whether they're going through difficulties and uh, other issues that would impact uh, on their education outcomes. That's right. And um, being, you know, Indigenous, we we have those relationships with the families before these students even come to the school. So we've, we've got an idea, you know, we've got that background knowledge of where who these families are, where they've come from. And we've also got um, Aboriginal Islander education officers and teachers as well who we can go seek support with you know just that extra information and especially with our deputies they will so by mental health month do schools in your area have specific programs do during this month of october to deal with our mental health and uh, general well-being we'll do a, a whole lot of work on um well-being and mindfulness and stuff that's a big push in schools these yeah. days because it's such a relevance to your education if you're not in a happy space you can't learn (laughs) so it's something that is definitely being pushed along um a lot more and you'll see a lot more programs to support that kind of mental health in schools but um I think it also needs to extend to um supporting families in that role too and understanding that it's not just the child you support you support the family it's the whole yeah. community, actually, that needs, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's similar to what Shanice said before, is like we, we live in the town, we grew up with the people, we know the kids before they come to school. Yeah. So we have that relationship building, whereas when a teacher comes to the town 
our new grad, um, they're not going to have those experiences. And a lot of times you'll see a disengagement because uh, the child can't relate to that person and, and they will seek out a more supportive person who's been around more often. And and like you said before, AIOs, um, our major role is to do that pastoral care and to make sure that children are safe and provided for in the schools. And I think stepping out of the AIO role into a teaching role has given us that foundation that's so much more that we could build on in the teaching role. And now going to your trip in Canada, what would be, what would be your presentations? Give us a glimpse without even revealing a lot of it, but give us a glimpse of what you'll be talking about. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna go over it with Shani tomorrow night actually. <laughs> okay. yeah, I actually had the opportunity to talk about it. Um our associate professor, um, Dr. Graham Gower, who was also our um program coordinator, and that's from Broomers, uh, he is I think he's still working on the logistics of the um presentation itself and he'll circulate that through with us. Um we will also have a chance when we all meet in Brisbane, um, we'll have a night and then a couple of nights together before the present um, symposium to actually sit down and discuss what it is that you know we will be talking about. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, but I, I think, think I'll probably be touching on the relationship side, the building of the relationships that uni has done with us and and supported yeah. us not, not only through that the learning side of things, but the other obstacles that have come in from our own home environments. And I think that is really what has kept it together. One thing I forgot to ask maybe at the very beginning is how far are you in your respective studies? We're just at the end of our third year. So we do have two more years to go. Yeah. So not long. (laughs) Not long before. uh, (laughs) And are you going to be working in your local communities or maybe? I hope. Yeah. definitely or even just go remote um yeah. i want to do remote for my next crack so that i do get that experience yeah just what it's like working in remote and hopefully yeah um, I, think, yeah I think for me i i mean i've moved out of the classroom and into the a different role and i i really am relishing the experience to um you know change the policy and look at other ways of um, shaping education in my town so that's really exciting for me and I think that teaching degree is going to help me a long way. And one thing that I hear very often uh, when working in uh, remote communities is a lack of resources actually all means of resources and support when we are out there working on our country which can be discouraging for many to want to work in uh, those areas. Yeah, that's true. And I I think with our, now that we've, I think we've only got, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Sarah, I think there's about 13 of us currently still in the yeah. program. It really helped us support each other as well. So I think once we do finish our degree, I don't think that support's going to stop there. I think we will actually be <laughs> communicating with each other, asking for help and wherever we need, you know, whether it's, you know, I need help in this lesson or <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I yeah. also I love the idea that, um, you know, I can take your local knowledge too, Shani, and, and incorporate it in some of my learning in the Pilbara yeah. or in Port Do you know what I mean? And I could take it from one arm point in Katanning now and 
all of that rich learning is is being you know embedded in in my teaching which is great you know it's an experience i won't forget yes i guess uh, three days to departure uh, sleepless nights writing brainstorming and uh, getting ready still have a time to do on the way <laughs> and shopping <laughs> shopping yeah. for warm clothes just get ready for that get ready for the shock it will be cold and uh, the yeah, yeah i know how it feels yeah, yeah. now before i let you go i'll just open the mic to you anything you'd like to say maybe a message to put out there to the community something we may have we may not have covered in the conversation you'd like to add nothing about the symposium itself i I suppose that it's just a reminder that we we did touch on it a little bit. Um, it's just something that's always stuck with me, even before I started um, my teaching, is that it, it's not just one person that gets this child through their schooling. It's the whole community. It's not two people. You know, it's the whole school community. It's, a, it's the community outside the school as well that gets just one student in right through to even if they could graduate um, for in university. One thing that's always stuck with me is everyone needs to, it's everyone's chip in. And you, Sarah? I think it's just, ne- it's never too late to um, make a difference. I think it's never too late to learn more and be more and, and want more for yourself. And I feel like that's the message we need to tell little children. You know, you're not at school because we want you to sit here and be bored all day this is something for you to do for yourself and if you do it and if you are excited about it great things will come from that and that's the that's what i want to give to children that life is a gift and and you can um use it to make a difference and and i feel like um i'm so grateful to have this experience um through the university to be able to make a difference even if it is just that one child hey shani Yeah, that's right. Now, Sarah and Shanice, thank yep. you very much for taking the time to talk to us today and uh, I hope we catch up on your return. Happy to tell more of the story on the what you learned from um, your colleagues from New Zealand, the US, Canada and uh, yeah. And so we'll be happy to share on that. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.